Hello and welcome to another classic Wow with Mal podcast. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We've got another big bombshell from Blizzard, this time regarding the Burning Crusade. We're going to be talking a little bit too about what that means for classic. And of course, we're going to be talking about the latest and greatest from the server Agrobulus. But before we get into it, how's it going, Myth? Uh, you know, pretty good. I'm still feeling pretty healthy and staying away from as many people as possible. So, yeah, just playing lots of WoW. The I will, I will. Uh, I know we're going to talk about uh, the TBC news, but uh, as a as a total side note to uh, to what we normally talk about, there's uh, there's been a lot of also cool stuff going on in Hearthstone lately. So you know, if you're if you're farming or waiting for really long PvP queues. Maybe uh, maybe check Hearthstone out these days, too. They're doing a new expansion, and they're giving a lot of free shit to people who, who come back that haven't played in a long time. Yeah, to my understanding, the stuff going on in Hearthstone also mirrors some of that Burning Crusade news that we got dropped on us, this time in the form of a survey that gave players a pretty clear idea that if Burning Crusade wasn't directly on the minds of the developers at Blizzard. It definitely seems like it is now. Um, let's go take a quick look at some of these questions that include if you want to continue playing your current classic character on the existing server, which will progress to the Burning Crusade. If you want to have brand new characters from 58 from level 1, or if you want to transfer to new Burning Crusade servers, this is... I would say a pretty clear picture that Burning Crusade is imminent. Yeah, it's, I mean, there was almost no doubt in my mind to begin with that Burning Crusade was going to happen, but, th I mean, this is just more evidence of the fact. Yeah, it's especially exciting because, obviously, this is the other next big chapter in WoW's history, and while a lot of us, like myself, 
really love WoW Classic, Burning Crusade was a lot of people's entry point into World of Warcraft as well. It also brought us a lot of really great features in WoW, like arena and smaller raid sizes and complexity that really changed the game and MMOs really forever thereafter. A lot of things that happened in Burning Crusade had lasting effects on the genre for years to come and is, you know, really remembered as maybe the greatest expansion of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I I would say it's the greatest. I I probably had a little bit more fun in Wrath, but, I mean, I, I look back at Burning Crusade pretty happily. Like, there's a lot of great stuff that they did. Um, and, I mean, I honestly can't wait. Yeah, the cool thing to me about Burning Crusade potentially coming out is while I did do a little bit of raiding back then and I definitely did a lot of arena I didn't finish out the raid tiers or even really get that far into it I only did like Karazhan and then like maybe a little bit of the raid tier after that but I didn't even complete it and that was about it so for me this would actually be getting to see content I never saw before and maybe giving it a second chance to recapture my imagination. But of course, the thing that really jumps out to me, the thing that I'm going to be most excited about, of course, is going to be Arena. Yeah, uh, I mean, Arena Arena is great, especially in the early... I mean, it feels it felt pretty balanced. There's a lot of like crazy things that were happening with people, uh, you know, switching to Shadow Resist gear against Priests and Warlocks and whatnot, but... I'm sure it'll come out at the state that's a little bit more balanced. And, uh, yeah, Arena's going to be great. Uh, I like the idea of moving to 25-man uh, raids. I, I, I like 40-man raids, don't get me wrong, but managing a guild where you constantly have to have 40 people online is a little bit more challenging than 25. Like, it's it's just harder to do. And there's always, like... I mean, we never have... At, at this point, we never really have a full raid. We're always, like, pugging a spot or two. Like, because we don't, we don't want to over-recruit, but... 40 mans are a challenge, is what, I guess what I'm getting at. That challenge right there was one of the things that I actually really missed about Classic going into the Burning Crusade. And since I'm going to be a little bit more prepared for it, I've played some other MMOs that have had even smaller raid sizes than 25. So... This time around, I'll definitely be more ready for that. It was a big blow to me. I still do actually prefer the larger raids, even though they do come with some of those challenges because of those very things, right? Those logistics of having to field a full team, even though sometimes it's a little bit easier to work a slot or two short because it makes the 40 people you have happy, even though it doesn't maybe on raid night, everybody feels good about their spot Every other day of the week when you don't have that full group, it means something and it changes the way you staff your raid. It also changes the types of classes that you're allowed to bring and the amount of depth that you're allowed to have. And there's just certain things about those larger styles of raids that I'll definitely miss when we don't have them. However, I'm really looking forward to getting another look at that first expansion that WoW had and really what I would say is the gateway into raids becoming the very complex choreographed fights that we have today. Well, so one of the other big things too to think about, at least as far as the Burning Crusade, and this is how sort of it, feel, it felt to me, I'm sure there are plenty of people who disagree, it still feels like classic. The talents are the same, like they just added some more. There aren't a whole lot of new skills. The game doesn't feel particularly it doesn't feel different enough to be 
like we're not moving toward retail. It doesn't feel like it's not going to feel like retail at all. Yeah, so, we're definitely getting an experience that's related to the one that we have now. And it's very similar, I would say, to the relationship that I would say WoW had to, say, EverQuest when I came over from here. There were certain things about it that felt very reminiscent of the genre, you know, past. But at the same time, you could see major leaps to the future. And we see that same thing happen in the Burning Crusade as well. And there's just certain innovations and ideas that happen in the Burning Crusade that I think make the game a lot more fluid. The quality of life is through the roof. The addition of the Outlands is, I would say, a perfect amount of extra content that it doesn't invalidate what we currently have completely, although it definitely changes the dynamic that we're going to do things. It is the right balance to strike, you know, to grow on where we're at without, you know, being all the way at level 120 and having 10 expansions in between. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I just, I, I it just, to me, it, it really still feels like the same game. And I think, I think Wrath was really the last time. And I think the reason why I, I, I sort of enjoyed Wrath so much is it was the last time it really felt like the same game to me. Like uh, after Wrath, once we got to Cataclysm, even though I'm sure there are a ton of people who enjoy Cataclysm a great deal, it just to me it never it, it felt like we'd moved away from what what WoW really was at that point with the with the whole world revamp and making quest zones like way easier and leveling up way easier. It it, it felt like the game really shifted at that point. Yeah, whereas Burning Crusade is going to have things that are directly riffing off the world that we have right now, and is going to feel like. Well, an expansion of it, honestly. It really does feel that way. And we're not going to be at a place in the game that is not feeling like the same game. It's going to feel a lot like it built on what has already been established in the WoW community. And what we can see here is that there's definitely a call to find that balance between the old generation and the new generations when it comes to an MMO. And for me... I am not opposed to quality of life at all. I'm not opposed to modern gaming at all. But there's definitely something that WoW Classic had going for it 15 years ago that the MMO genre as a whole is completely missing right now. And the fact that it's maintained the level of success that it's had over the stretch of time shows that they need to figure out what that balance between quality of life and community is if they're going to continue to make this genre succeed. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's where we we really get into a discussion of, like, what is Classic going to do after? But there's still a lot of stuff we can talk about as far as Burning Crusade goes. So, we talked about, like, obviously Arena is going to be exciting, like, the competitive aspect of it, the ability that it's only a two- or three-person queue sometimes is really nice. It makes it so, you know, you don't have to have a full pre-made of people on to, to really play and to enjoy. Plus especially if they how they introduce it, you can have more than a normal amount of people on your arena team. So, you know, you have six people on your threes team. There's, there's more than likely going to be people around to play with, uh, even during weirder hours. Um, what else What else is going to be exciting about it? The fact that... I mean, this, this might be a controversial opinion also, but I'm actually pretty excited about the fact that Horde and Alliance get Paladins and Shamans. I thought that was a that was an important change in the Burning Crusade, and I think that 
one of the big problems with with classic and i don't i don't mind the fact that like some factions can have things that are different than other factions but like from a balanced perspective it's kind of a nightmare the two the two classes are so very different that like it's a legitimate problem in a lot of situations when you can see this on websites like Warcraft Logs, for example, right? There's a very clear disparity between the dynamic between the two factions in Classic. If you're looking at the server Agrobulus, which was at a time a fairly balanced server, you've seen a huge divide between the difference in BWL logs versus Molten Core logs. It's a lot less uniform, and you're starting to see a larger divide between what the Horde and Alliance are able to achieve in terms of PvE. On the flip side, I would also say the beauty of Classic is that those little min-max things really don't matter, and it's kind of what you make of them. And I've just personally having raided as both Horde and Alliance, I remember enjoying the challenges that the Horde presented, and I, I liked that in the raiding, and it hasn't really changed my ability to beat anything, but at the same time, it does show something interesting when, like I would say, like maybe 90% of the logs showing up at the top are Alliance logs, for example. Yeah, and it, it'll there. There are situations where it's going to make a difference. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was in actual vanilla, um, but I mean, look at AQ40, right? The the optional boss Visitus, the ooze. Um, he's just significantly easier for Horde to do because of Frostbrand Totem. Uh, the shamans can be placed in so many groups that all the melee in each group have an attack that does frost damage. So slowing and freezing him is just so much easier and there are going to be ways that the alliance get around it for sure they're gonna you know they're gonna have all their rogues farm a dagger that does one to three cold damage they're gonna have all their warriors farm the axe from skolomance that does a couple of frost damage so they can freeze him quickly but that's still a crappy solution to have your guild wear all of its normal gear and just drop this different totem for a little bit like instead of having wind fury we have frostbrand and we're going to blow them up. Like, it's going to be easy. That's that's a huge disparity, and it's, quite frankly, it's frustrating. And, fr and from the flip side, even if even if Wind Fury is fun and awesome, Paladin buffs are ridiculous. Paladins are insanely powerful. Uh, the, Alliance, the Alliance has, I mean, arguably an easier time rating just because Paladins have a magic to spell. So Horde are limited to only Priests, which make Priests, like infinitely more valuable on horde side and there's just not i mean there's there's so many different things that the that make this like imbalance not the best way to handle like unique faction differences the thing that's interesting to me about this too is if you're coming from the previous generation of mmos this was actually considered to be a lot more uniform and almost cookie cutter and similar to the way it was before you had major disparities before where certain classes could teleport where other classes couldn't even set their home point and things like that and now we're kind of getting into that point where we're looking at these very you know much smaller more minute differences but at the end of the day, all of these tiny little different things do add up to much larger things. There are reasons why 
people have sort of funneled to these different areas based off of the faction choices that they've chose, especially being a 15-year-old game. You know that certain people that were maybe more PvP oriented were thinking about what their racials meant because of that. And on the flip side, people that were more motivated on a PvE side were probably thinking about what was going to be the most beneficial way for them to go in order to maximize that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the inclusion of Blood Elf Paladins and, and Draenei Shamans. I played a Draenei Shaman in the Burning Crusade for a very long time. Um, I PvP'd on my warrior, and my warrior was my main for the first two tiers, like all the way up until Black Temple. But once once we had a bunch of shamans leave our guild, there was really no... we Like, resto shamans are just too powerful in TBC, and we just kind of had, had me have to switch. One of the things that's interesting, too, just in regards to the way they have phrased everything is that there is definitely going to be a lot of wiggle room to switch your main, or some people are already anticipating doing that because they know how different the landscape is. Having multiple characters be able to be transferred is going to be a very powerful aspect to this because maintaining these other characters is going to help you mitigate some of that when you're trying to play a tight 25 it's a lot different than trying to play a big 40 or even multiple raid groups like what we're seeing in classic so i'm i i do want to definitely talk uh at length about the the actual specific answers in my opinions about each of the questions or it, the answers to because there were only two questions right it was are you enjoying playing classic and how would you want to play the Burning Crusade? So I, I definitely want to talk about all of the individual answers and I think their effect on how the game would be, at least from my perspective. Um, but I definitely, I don't know. One of the important things, especially about alts in the Burning Crusade, one, alt raiding is a lot more friendly because Karazhan's a pretty nice entrance into raiding and it's only 10 people. Um, it's a little bit easier most of the bosses, I don't know. Um, maybe I was in a crappy guild in the Burning Crusade, but I always thought Prince Malchazar was a pain in the ass. His third phase when he put the axes on. But um, raiding is a bit more accessible. The only downside is, and this is going to be probably a pain point for a lot of these bigger guilds and a lot of these world first... Oh, I mean, I'm sure the world first guilds will just, like, you know, force this situation on their raiders, is... The, the comps are very different in raiding. Like, a 25-man comp has one, maybe two warriors. Like, that's it. Every guild in WoW right now has, like, seven if they're, if they're doing okay, and more if they're not. Like, more if they're doing great. So, like, raid comp is huge, especially because of how raid buffs interact with things in the inclusion of bloodlust and heroism only being party-wide, so you have to, like, separate it out. Uh, all the hybrid classes become far more playable. I mean, Shadow Priest is like one of the most sought-after things in the game for your healer group because of the, the amount of mana return that they give. It's There's so much uh, to really talk about. And really, it's just... It, it doesn't... It's, it's, gonna, it's not going to bode well for a lot of people. Like, the, a lot of people are going to have to make some tough decisions, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, this is one of those things where you're better have a plan B 
in effect right now if you're a class that you think isn't going to get a raid spot for TBC. Have that class that you think that you're going to want to be or multiples to be able to you know, weather that storm because things like raid comps start mattering a lot more. And one of the things that we've talked about on this show multiple times, the beauty of classic is that you don't need any specific comp to do pretty much any of the content. What you need is people that are on the same page. You need teamwork and, you know, a moderate level of DPS and everything. But even if you just bring on, like you said, a uh, a band of warriors, you can bring some other classes and things that aren't necessarily a part of that mold. Not so much going to be the case for the Burning Crusade. Yeah, I mean, again, hats off to the dwarf team that did Molten Core. And I'm sure they're they're either already working on BWL or have, they've already done it. I have I just missed the post. But, uh, I mean, that sort of stuff, It's it, it really isn't going to happen in, in the Burning Crusade. And I mean... We're good enough at the game, and the game's old enough at this point, where I'm sure they're going to be, like, there will be a continuation of, like, 25 dwarfs to do Molten Core, like, or do Black Temple or something. Like, I'm sure it's not impossible, but it's just going to be significantly harder with just how important everything is. Again, on the flip side, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this, the, the fact that hybrid classes are a lot easier to play, Moonkins, uh, Feral Druids, I mean, Feral Bear Tanks are incredible. They're like one of the best tanks in the game. It's it's I think it's a it's a solid a solid change, and I think it's one of the most important changes that the Burning Crusade did. It's not it's not that I like less raiding or less raiders. Like I'm I guess I'd be happy with forty man raiding still. It's that people can really f shine and can feel like they're contributing more as some of these specs that are quite frankly, not desired in in vanilla or in classic. Like, no one wants more than one Shadow Priest because Mindflay takes up a debuff slot. Like, every Shadow Priest is three or four debuff slots apiece. It's hard to want to take more than one. And if you, when, as soon as we get to Burning Crusade, where the number of debuffs a boss can have is increased, Shadow Priests become, like, invaluable for at least... you. Like, most guilds are going to want two. You're gonna want one for your healing team, and one for your your like mages, because mages are great. This is actually something that I've thought about quite a bit in terms of balance of the classes in classic, and you hit on something that is sort of near and dear to my heart in that regard. I almost wonder if a little bit more class balance, a little bit of tinkering with the debuff slots and things like that could really serve rating better in Classic with 40 spots if you think about it. It would be a lot of fun to have things like groups that are high-powered enough to power up all your mages and have that be an effective strategy. You can have these caster-heavy comps because you have a boomkin available and that's totally valid versus maybe going a super melee-heavy group and having all kinds of wind fury. Those kind of problems would actually be a lot more fun to solve with 40 people, actually, rather than having to make some cuts like, a, you know, almost like a football coach that's trying to get the pro squad, you know, honed down to just the people that are going to be on the team. So, yeah, I think, I, and I think that's that's where the, the argument of can we do something similar to Classic Plus comes in? Like, and again, we'll talk about all of the different answers, but I think in an ideal world, one... 
they're going to let people continue playing at level 60. Like, it makes no sense to... Well, it does make a little bit of sense to force everyone to go to 70, but I think think it would be good to keep around at least some servers that, you know, people can just play on. I'm sure there will be a decent enough population of people who just want to play at level 60. Just stay there. The downside to that could obviously be that, you know, we already have terrible PvP queues. What's that going to do to... To PvP queuing in the Burning Crusade, I don't know, but you know, I think best case scenario we keep we keep some classic servers. We need to we need to have obviously the Burning Crusade servers, but could we could we have a server where there's a small dev team that does something like OSRS, where they actually listen to the community and try different things? I feel like that would be possibly the best case scenario because who knows. If we, if they try it and maybe they they do put the buffs and debuffs are character based as opposed to like fully raid based, I mean that makes some classes more viable. It makes moonkins more viable. It makes affliction warlocks more viable. I mean warlocks are already pretty viable, but affliction's not really a, a playable spec because you don't have the debuff slots for it. Well, and this is the thing that. I was most interested in actually even more than the very excited TBC news is that it marked a continuing trend that we're starting to see from Blizzard where they're gauging our temperature with polls and if there ever were to be something like Classic Plus or whatever the life for Classic is after Phase 6, I would like to see them talk to us about it and actually get involved with the people that are continuing to play that version of the game and wish to continue playing that particular version of the game. And I think that there is room to keep these original preserved almost, you know, museum piece style servers available as well as having some potentially post phase six servers and TV servers and finding a way to balance it. And you would even have certain situations like myself where I would be interested to raid in both because I would have fun kind of mixing it up and playing a couple different versions of the game. I don't know how many of those I could maintain, but I can say for certain at least two would uh, be something I could swing. Yeah, so I think in my ideal scenario, and again, we'll, we'll talk about each of, the, each of the points. I think in my ideal scenario, they, they do split it into three. I can see from a, a developer's perspective where it might be easier to just keep the entire group of people who want to play these retro servers in one in one bucket. Like, force everyone to move on to the next, force everyone to move on to the next, and so on. Um, I can definitely understand where it would be easier to handle, you know, you have to have less servers running in that scenario, because like, how, how we have, like, what, 100 and something servers for Classic? If, a, if, you know, less than a third of the people who play Classic stay with Classic and don't want to go to Burning Crusade, that means we have to keep 30 of those servers running. It means we're going to have to start, like, we're going to have to, you know, tool up a bunch of new servers for the Burning Crusade. The spike in people who play that at the start are probably going to be much higher than normal. I, so there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, gray areas where it may or may not be a good idea to do that. I think it is. I think, from, from my perspective, the best case scenario is let people who want to stay at 60 and play the original Classic play it on whatever dwindling number of servers like it's it's got it's gonna kind of suck because i think at that at that point you kind of lose the ability to keep your server family like like grobulus 
probably won't stay together in that scenario. Like it's just they're just going to keep merging servers and merging servers for population purposes because there have to be people on the servers. But it's important that the people who want to keep playing classic get the option to if they you know if they're leveling characters if they I mean again there's people who really only want to play one to sixty. I think they need to give people the option for Burning Crusade, regardless of how they decide to transfer or not. And I I would personally love seeing at least one server of Classic Plus as an option, where they, you know, they change the debuff size. They maybe not, like, change class balance, but at the very least, like, try to make some, some overall changes to just how the game works in general. Make it, like, again, my... My idea about making it so that, uh, you know, honor honor ranking points don't don't decay over time, so everyone can enjoyably grind out High Warlord and Grand Marshal instead of like kill themselves doing it. Yeah, there's a, so much room for little tinkers like that. Again, I feel after Phase Six is the time that you have to think about this. And because they're starting to gauge our temperature on where we feel about some of these things, I think they're starting to try to formulate a plan if that's a route that they're ever planning on going on in the first place. Maybe we'll get to the end of phase six and then they go, all right, the servers are what they are. It's hard to imagine, too, that they won't also hit the reset button periodically. I do think we're going to see server merges at a certain point after phase six because there's, you know... Once we go through everything, people are going to find other things to do eventually, and we're going to get to the point where we do have those people that are just always going to want to have Classic be a part of their lives. But at the same time, we're also, since we're clearly going to be going down the TBC path too, we're going to be getting into this segmented versions of WoW population, and we're going to have to start figuring out ways to kind of work with all these different populations that are going to exist. My belief is if you can have a server populating for that game then and it's a healthy one then that experience is a you know a good thing to try and preserve i i think so i think as long as there's at least enough people to have one server for classic wow then it's fine and that's why i said i think the perfect starting point for the concept of classic plus is just one server like let the people like me who would really want to see them add you know dual specs or add add uh, a guild bank or add a bunch of other random things or like what if they even just remove the respec cost like that'd be great i don't know there's there's so many things i could try and maybe they try them and they don't work great but you know we're never going to know what the best version of this game is going to be until we until we try some different things Especially, again, even as a person who is not a fan of, of RuneScape at all, if you look at how popular the the like new version of old RuneScape is, like it's it's arguably like a, a far better game than it originally was because they do a good job of fixing the problems. Yeah, and what we've seen in Classic is it's so close to getting so many things right, but then it it has certain moments where you're just like, oh man, they totally missed the mark on this particular thing. And I still go back to this. I've said it once and I'll say it again. This is my favorite version of WoW for a reason. This world feels so cohesive. There's certain community-driven parts of classic WoW that I don't think any other version of this game quite captures quite right. 
building on what we have here would always be my favorite thing to do. But in the immediate, we still have a couple more of these questions that were presented to us. One of the things that was brought up was if we would do a straight, all right, there's brand new BC servers, start at 1 to 70 and go. That would be completely counter to what the experience was when TBC came out. I don't think that's what we're going to see, but what about that scenario myth? So that's actually, I think, my least favorite scenario. I, I've told you, and I've, I've, I've talked on the podcast several times at this point, how much I dislike leveling in Classic. Like, it's challenge... It's, I don't like... I don't not like the challenge. I not I... You know, it's it's nice that it's hard leveling compared to like how easy it is in retail. I'm fine with that. What I don't like is the is you know it doesn't feel like the the end game is really what I'm what I'm interested in, right? So le- leveling for me is the least fun part about classic. I think I think that is the worst possible option that they have. I think forcing everybody to be at level one, if I if I were to pick, it would be literally my last place choice there. I think the I think one of the safer picks in all honesty is the the idea of starting fresh characters but being able to start them at level 58. So it does it does a few different things. Like one of the options was your first character, I don't know if they'd let you do more than one, but at, at the very least your first character started on the Burning Crusade server would be level 58. You probably have like a full set of greens that were level 58. And you'd start out just being able to go directly to Outland, which is nice. That solves a few problems, and it creates a few problems. Um, the first problem that it solves is, and this is the reason why maybe I'm not 100% on board with character transfers, is if they allow character transfers, and they don't add some form of gold like cap, every guild, like the economy is going to be horrifyingly broken yeah part of the problem with us knowing exactly what to do is we've had people planning for phase six since before phase one even dropped we've had people planning for bc since before phase two even hit these are gonna eventually be things that the server communities are gonna have to deal with And it's pretty incredible what you can do with the amount of time that we've had with the amount of knowledge at our fingertips. Yeah. Um, We have people who have been purchasing Venom Sacks and Elemental Earths in preparation for AQ since the game launched and have bank alts full of these, these consumables. Like, literally tens of thousands of gold worth of something that's going to, like, balloon in price. And that's just some of the things. If we have the ability to transfer characters with no gold limitations, what is to stop our guild? Several of the people in our guild, by the way, have 20 plus thousand liquid gold. What's to stop us from, before every character transfer, just mailing each member of our guild the full amount of the the guild pot? Like, we'll make a, a spreadsheet, we'll write down how much everyone has, and we'll, maybe we'll say, you know you get a 40% kickback. So, like, if you give me 10,000 gold for me to transfer, I'm going to shoot you 4,000 gold when I get there so you don't have to... So you just get bonus gold from what you'd have. So I'll end up going there with 6,000 extra gold. You'll end up going there with 4,000 extra gold. And 
the the economy will be in a state of quite frankly no like no there'll be like no turning back like it'll be so everything will be so inflated at the start that even consumables for rating will be like hundreds upon hundreds of gold like the first the first week this is why at the end of the day i think we're probably going to end up keeping the classic servers and having some sort of copies brought over but maybe not every single thing that we can bring we'll have to see what happens there's other things that you know there are dynamics at play too like this is something that's weighing on my mind very heavily in tbc you get to keep your titles that you got in previous uh classic which means i could live out my days as a high warlord in tbc if I have to transfer this character off of Classic and I don't have any way to preserve that, it changes my decision-making process quite a bit. There's a lot of little things like that that are going to be nuances that are going to affect what characters we end up bringing up to and including how many characters we're allowed to bring and all, all of that. I can't imagine that we're going to be allowed to dupe gold somehow or something like that. It seems to me like they're going to have some sort of a defense for us just coming up with this unlimited trove of resources that we've been saving up. For sure. And I think, uh, as someone who spent the majority of the Burning Crusade barely able to respec back and forth from P from PvPing and main tanking for my guild, I can tell you that I honestly would like the ability to transfer with at least enough gold to get epic flying. Like, if they say you can transfer with up to 5,000 gold per character, that will be perfectly reasonable. I'll be able to, I won't have to worry about how I'm in a farm flying. I'll be able to just worry about what professions I want at that point. And maybe they make it so you can't transfer with any excess of items maybe you can have only what's in your current character's backpacks so you can like you maybe you can bring a second set of gear on a character copy but it cleans out all the rest of your bank so we don't have people like hoarding tons and tons of like rare items or consumables and stuff because i don't i want to see the economy work and i want i would prefer character copies over full transfers i in an ideal situation since i've put so much time and, and effort into this warrior i'd really like to still be able to log on and do some some pvp still be able to log on and you know run next run aq40 on a character whose gear is going to be quite frankly absurd i have a thunder fury and i'll probably have most most tier three by the end of this yeah but one of the, the things same... that was a big part of the character that i chose when everything is it was for classic i didn't make my character with the idea that TBC was down the line and I was going to be playing this character through multiple expansions. This was a four classic character. And I think a lot of us feel that way, especially about maybe our first and second characters. And some of these other alts and things have kind of been like, eh, in case TBC comes out. And if we have to transfer characters, it's going to, you know, really change that dynamic. And I'd almost be maybe more inclined to keep my current character that I'm playing as a classic character forever. The other choice that was presented to us, of course, was what if our server just moved into the BC era and then we transferred these characters to classic servers? Yeah, so I think that's also a good a good option. Um, it lets it lets people stay where they want to stay, um, and it also lets the servers move forward, so we can kind of keep a community going on. I mean, that's not to say that we wouldn't have a community moving forward anyway. Like, 
I fully expect the, you know, the guild that I've been playing with to, to move forward as a group into Burning Crusade, and we'll, you know, we'll handle how raiding works at that point. You know, there's probably some people who don't want to play Burning Crusade, so it'll be easy to to sort of trade their spots up and. We're going to have to mix up the whole raid itself because we can't have eight warriors and a 25-man. But I, I like I, I would say that's probably my ideal scenario. But again, I, I really want I really want the, the copy version instead of the transfer version. I'd much rather have the ability to continue playing my character on the on classic as well as in the Burning Crusade. Absolutely. Well, this is something that the Fans of Classic and the Burning Crusade are going to be keeping a very close eye on. And once again, just a great trend, whether you're interested in continuing to play Classic or if you are interested in the future and the Burning Crusade, Blizzard taking a community-based poll approach is a positive sign. And I'm happy to see this happening more and more and what it could potentially mean for Classic and some of the, the different ideas that they might have for this game in the future. So with that being said, let's go ahead and take a look at some of the things that have been going on on our great server of Grobulus this past week. We've got, of course, Grobchella coming up next week. It is almost here. The lineup is absolutely crazy. We're going to have a DJ, there's going to be performances, there is going to be the debut of the Redwood Tribes game show at Grobchella. I cannot wait to see what on earth that is. This is a, an exciting event coming and we just had Black Plague and Salem on the show this past week talking about it and it's still building. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Uh, I will, I'll definitely be there. I want to see what the game show is myself. That's sort of the big, at least the big reveal for Hordeside. Yeah, this is cool because it's really starting to just spur some more cool ideas and just some different ways that you could play the game. I saw a little bit of what they had written about the game show. I'm very intrigued and interested to see what kind of level of creativity comes with it. Knowing that it's the Redwood Tribes, I'm pretty certain it's going to be a lot of fun. They seem to always bring it, so that is going to be very exciting. By the way, congratulations to this week's Rank 14s. I don't have the Alliance side this week, so if I don't give you a mention, sorry about that. Congratulations anyway, and congratulations to the Horde side, Rank 14s, Kelly Annex, Check out his stream, by the way. Even though he's ranked 14, the killing is not over. Still doing world PvP, still doing some battlegrounds. So, teammate of mine and a fun guy to play with and watch. And congratulations, dude. You've earned it and the grind is over. Yeah, he's playing a, he's playing a, a new warrior now, too. Well, what we've seen is a lot of people are getting those alts going for these GDKP runs. And I got to say, they're getting better and better every week. And this past week, the, the BWL I did yesterday was absolutely incredible. We cleared in just a couple of hours. We didn't have any wipes and we left with a bunch of gold and some good stuff dropped, including a Lokomir and Rejuve gem. Yeah, it looked like it was pretty good. There's a new one. Uh, there's actually a new BW, uh, BWL GDKP that's opening up, I think, the third on our server. 
is being hosted by Rival on Saturday afternoon. Very cool to see that as well. And Rival, a very experienced guild on our server. We talked to Speak just a couple of weeks ago. You get a clear idea of the kind of preparation that he brings to the game. And as an extension of that, what you can expect from the guild. And they've got some great clear times. Another great group to get into the GDKP game with. And I got to say, I love it. It is my favorite way now to go gear out my alts, especially because power to the guilds that are running multiple raid groups, it's a lot of work though. And these GDKPs are cool because it has brought together a lot of different players on the server. And I, I'm, not, I'm always excited at who I get to see, Adam. Yeah. I mean, we, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm always a fan of, of working with the top, like plenty of the top guilds in the server back in, in, uh, at the the tail end of the burning crusade and the all all throughout wrath we had a it wasn't gdkp until like the middle of the expansion but we had a group of like all the best players and pvpers from horde side on the server i played on and we used to call it the super pug and we were like competitive in terms of rating in alduar nax and even ice crown and we just raided one day a week, and, you know, we did GDKP eventually. And it, it just feels nice to raid with people who aren't from your guild that are all, like, very skilled players. It almost brought me back a little bit back to the Tychondrius days. And while it wasn't for raids, we did a lot of, like, Alterac valleys that were pickup groups, but were run very, very seriously by some of the top groups. And those were some of my best memories from PvP back in vanilla was doing some of these groups. It was my first experience with large group coordinated PvP and was kind of like the first, you know, intro into, you know, what now has become a staple of this game, right? That AE PvP in those large groups. So it was kind of cool to you know, be in on like, you know, that first step and then kind of see how it's evolved over the years. And now it's really commonplace with the amount of knowledge that we have for the game, with the amount of talented, skilled leaders in raids that we have across the game from all the different guilds that there are. There are so many options if you don't have a raid, if you don't have a guild to get in and either pug or do a GDKP with a lot of skilled players that, uh, you know, they're ready for uh, the challenge of learning with the new group. Yeah, and especially if you have gold that you want to spend on some gear, you're more than happy to be ha like hosted in most of these groups. Yeah, some of these items are starting to go for a lot. I think we had a new record on, I think it was either, I think it was the Chromatic Boots went for almost 3k on that last raid. There were some warriors that really wanted those. I mean, they're irreplaceable in all of Classic. There's nothing better than those boots. They should absolutely go for that much. But with that being said, is there anything else going on on the server of Grobulus that caught your attention this week, Myth? Not really. Just sort of preparing for for Grobcella. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a, too many extra like posts about RP events. Well, as always, we are keeping our eye out. But if you have an event that you are running, please let us know. We would love to shout it out. We can't catch everything, but if you let us know, we are happy to talk about it. And if you are interested in coming on the show and talking about your RP event, please reach out to me and 
we will see if we can do something about that because as we do on this show, we want to get the word out about everything going on on this server of Grobulus as well as across the world of Warcraft. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to our show. Please like and subscribe on SoundCloud. Share the podcast with anybody you think might would be interested. And of course, hit us up on YouTube. Give us a like and subscribe there. Leave a comment below. And as always, we are on the Grob subreddit as well. Reach out to us. And in-game, we are there. We are on all the time. And... Talk to us right there. Raid with us. Do the whole thing, guys. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Stay safe out there in yet another week of WoW Quarantine, and we will catch you all next week.